Good evening. Welcome to our Altoona Regular Baptist Church. And this is our evening service. And what we'll be doing is we've got a couple of our deacons here that we'll be interviewing. We've got Caleb Talley and we've got Ron Harris. And they've agreed to, to come in and just talk a little bit about our, our response to the coronavirus as a church. How have we responded? How have we thought through this? And, and what are our plans going forward? Our prayer is that this will be an encouraging time to you. Uh, and hopefully we can answer some of your questions. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather this evening. We thank you for technology that allows us to gather. We thank you for the men and the women that you have given to us as a church, for the deacons and the wisdom that you have given them. And we pray even this evening that you would guide this conversation, that it would be an encouragement to us as a church, that your spirit would work for your glory, and that you would be honored in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the way this will work is I've got a couple questions, and what I'll do is I will ask them a question, they'll take turns answering the questions, and, and we'll work our way through this. So with question one, we'll start, and we'll just start here with you, Ron, and then Caleb, if you want to jump in after that. So the first question is, we find ourselves, obviously, in some uncharted waters. We've never walked through this together as a church. So what is a biblical truth, even maybe a specific passage or a verse, something that has been comforting to you in this time? Um, I think the very first verse that popped to my mind um, is Psalm 46, and the first few verses, but specifically verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. That's the CSB version. Um, Therefore we will not be afraid, verse 2 says, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas. Verse 3 continues, though its waters roar and foams and the mountains quake with all its turmoil. And then it stops with the term Selah, which of course means just stop and think about that. So uh, God is great and He is our refuge. A verse that's come to mind to me a lot of times would be Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I think that's a good reminder for us, um, even just comforting in this time, but also uh, it reminds us that the peace of God will transcend us. And that's kind of goes into our next question as well, but we can be a testimony to others just by our reaction to this mm -hmm. and just the peace that we have that others may not. Yeah. All right, so going off what, what Caleb just said, we'll go right into our second question. Question two is this. Sometimes it can be easy for us to focus on the negative, but instead of going down that road, what opportunities are you looking forward to in this time, and we'll, we'll start with you, Caleb, this time. Uh, just going off of Philippians verse 7 again, uh, it ends with, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's, instead of focusing on the negative, I, as believers, we can focus on the peace of God that should be in us. And I think that's very evident to people who are in panic because they don't know what tomorrow holds. And I know we can just be, when we are around, around people or however that may look, we can be a testimony to them by the peace that we have. Um, I think echoing just what Caleb said, it's, uh, it's not just about trying to be an encouragement to our congregation and to each other, and we should do that, absolutely, but 
there are going to be a lot of opportunities for us. Uh, and, and it doesn't seem that way because we're staying at home and we, we don't have a lot of interaction. But just going to the store and seeing the people in the store and the way that they're reacting to this, and there, there's opportunity out there. And so we want to, any way we can capitalize on this situation to bring honor and glory to Christ and certainly to, to show others to Christ, that's a good thing. So now we'll go right into question three then. And so question three is this, what are some things that your families have done to adjust? And what I'm kind of looking for here is maybe some, something practical, some ideas uh, that you've done as you've thought through this, maybe even looking forward uh, from this last week, what are some things that you plan to do going forwards, whether that's with uh, Wednesday night gatherings, how you've done that, uh, Sundays, how you plan to do that, uh, maybe even family devotions, things like that. How do you plan practically uh, to handle this kind of in the days coming? We'll start here with Ron. Well, um, it's a great opportunity for those of you who have family still at home, uh, for you spiritual leaders in the home, and I'm talking to Dad specifically now, to take advantage of this time for some one-on-one -on -one and some real discipleship with your children. Now, having said that, with Estelle and I at home, uh, we're trying to take advantage of connecting with not only our children, and we have all the technology available to us today to do that, but also our grandchildren in this time. These are uncharted waters. These times are uncertain times. What better time to sit down and explain to, to your children and your grandchildren God's in control, God's sovereign, and we can trust in Him. Uh, and we have tons of good examples of that in the scriptures. But this is a, this is a teaching moment. Let's, let's take that time and, and uh, teach our kids. I know for us, it's, it's been strange not, not able to come to church. I mean, we get to Sunday and you kind of forget what day it is. You don't know kind of, well, what are we supposed to do? But, I mean, it's, it's been neat to see the, just how far technology has come and that we are able to use that um, and there's a lot of good things that come out of technology, but I mean, it's neat to see us able to use that to encourage our families, encourage our church, and it's just, it's been an encouragement to me as well. And I know uh, my wife and I are trying to contact people and just stay in touch through texts or email or even phone calls. And I encourage folks who, I mean, maybe are unsure or just discouraged on things that, you know, this, it's a change of pace, but uh, we can work through it. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I think it'll be a good thing. Yeah. There's good that will come out of it. <laughs> Definitely. Amen. Yeah. Our next question, we're going to actually deal with a passage of Scripture. Um, and the question is this. How does our approach to the coronavirus, um, how does our approach to this line up with Hebrews 10, 23 to 25? And I'm actually going to read that passage to you. But one more time, the question is this. How does our approach line up with Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. If you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to grab it. Turn over there real quick. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. And I'll just read this passage really quickly. It says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so, the much more, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So how does our approach line up with Hebrews 10, 23 to 25? We'll start with you, Caleb, on this question. 
I think uh, verse 23, we need to remember, it starts out there, it says he is faithful. I mean, that's one thing to start with there. He is faithful regardless of what happens. Um, we talked about before, um, the overarching theme of this passage is uh, the encouragement and edification of each other. And gathering together, I mean, that word, quote, unquote, gather together, we still are able to do through the technology that we have nowadays. So I, I would say we still line up with Scripture and we're not failing on that part. And I, and I look at that Scripture and trying to take that all in context. I look at it and, and there's two things in between there. Um, of course, the Lord's faithful, as Caleb pointed out. But there are two things uh, sandwiched uh, uh, that sandwich the the not forsaking ourselves of uh, the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But before that, we see that um, you know we're to provoke uh, to love and good works. We're supposed to be there to help each other, and we're also um, called down there in verse 24, um, not neglecting to get. Uh, excuse me. Exhorting one another, is that what you're looking for? The uh, encouraging one another. And that's the translation that I have. Instead of exhorting one another, it's found in the King James. It's the uh, encouraging one another. Both of those things um, we're still doing and we're attempting to do even uh, as we find ourselves in a, a little different situation. So to me, I don't think we're violating this scripture at all. I think that it, it's a little different. Obviously, we should be together, and I don't want to minimize the importance of that. Um, but I do think that we need to recognize how that's sandwiched in there, and the whole idea is, is that we're to help one another. And we can still do that, and, and I'm in trying to encourage that we, that we do still do that. Yeah, and, and they're both exactly right. Even if you back up a little bit more, back to verse 19 and on, the, the, the larger context of this is uh, verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, the, the, the holiest by the blood of Jesus, Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. And so what it's getting at is you have access to God in Christ. You have a high priest who, who's pleading for you. Um, so, with all that God has done for you, with this high priest, right. come before God in prayer. With the faithful God, don't you be faithful. You keep meeting together. You, you do this. And it's, it comes down to a, a response to who God is and what He has done for us. And so, the forsaking, the assembling of ourselves together, um, that's not the, the central point of the passage. The central point of the passage is, is who God is. God is faithful. God has sent Christ for us. We have access. And because we have all these things, let's take advantage of right. them. Let's take advantage of the gifts that God has given us. And, and I think, in a sense, that's exactly what we're doing here this evening. We're taking advantage of what God has given us. We're not able to meet in person, but we're not forsaking meeting together. We're still meeting together, even uh, over technology. And, and praise the Lord that we have that opportunity. Um, so, as, as Caleb and Ron said, I think that we um, are still doing our best to continue to meet, and we are not, um, we're not going contrary to these verses here.
So then going on to question six, in light of what we just talked about on Hebrews 10, 23, 25, and other similar passages, how can we, and I'm talking about us as the Altoona Regular Baptist Church, how can we um, continue to exhort one another? Even though we can't gather together uh, physically, how can we exhort one another? How can we push each other to love and to good works? We'll start with Caleb for this one. Well, just practical things as far as texts and emails, mm -hmm. pictures, phone calls. Phone calls still exist. <laughs> I mean, just call somebody up and encourage them. Uh, tell them you're praying for them and see if there's any other ways you're able to. Um, and encourage each other to be to be a testimony ultimately where you are if that's to your family to your coworkers, to anybody you come in contact with I think that's a very practical way we can be an encouragement and exhort other believers well that's the I think the obvious things we still do have telephones and uh, that's going to be in a practical sense that's going to be the only way we really can do it but how many of you, how long has it been since some of you have sat down with pen and paper and actually <laughs> written a letter? Can you imagine that? Getting a, a, a letter from your parents or uh, from your children uh, helping you in this time of trouble with some scripture, or with some encouragement. Be creative. Look for ways to communicate to each other and to hold each other up. Well, another way that I would like to add is, is we've got our... Um, supply and our, our food uh, pantry that we've uh, started here at the church and I would encourage you that that's a very practical way as you're at the store if, if you know if you don't need toilet paper and you see some grab some and bring it <laughs> drop it by the church and we'll we'll put it out uh, food non-perishable food water drinks um, that that's a very practical way right there you can you can get some extra donate it uh, and then that gives the, the deacons a pool of uh, food and resources that they can pull from in order to, to minister uh, very directly, very practically. And so on top of calling, on top of um, writing letters, uh, maybe gathering in, in smaller groups, being wise to do that, that's a very practical way that we can continue to, to exhort and encourage one another uh, with that. So now we'll move forward in, into question seven and... Here again, we'll kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, and just very practically, how has the coronavirus, how is this situation in which we find ourselves, how has it affected your um, approach to your responsibilities as a deacon? Have you thought about how, how it affects you? Have you thought about how you will try to stay in contact with those in your deacon group? Uh, have you thought through that at all or have you experienced any change in it yet? We'll start with Caleb for this one again. Yeah, I know it's uh, just being mindful of your health and other people's health, I think, is a good thing to do. Uh, you don't need to be negligent of that, but uh, just calling people up and just a practical way to help, see if we can set them up on the computer if they're not used to that yeah. or however that may be. I mean, just more work on the phone, definitely, but I know God is faithful and we can still be an encouragement to those and a help and serve other people in that capacity. Yeah. Well, for me personally, um, I fit the category. I'm 64 years old. I'm a diabetic, so I should be staying at home and, and all of that. And I think that that's reasonable and sensible, and I appreciate all of the logic behind that. So I'm being very careful about who I come in contact with and uh, where I go. But again, as we've talked about, 
The phone is still there. There may be folks in our congregation, believe it or not, that don't have a computer or that maybe aren't um, aware of how to use it. So I'm look for opportunity to call and make sure, of course, as we break into our deacon care groups, that anyone in our care group that needs some assistance with, with learning how to give or, or uh, you know, how to, to go online and, and get the messages that pastors prepared, uh, just being available for that sort of thing, and the physical part of it as well. Um, I don't want to be uh, so in tune with what I'm supposed to be doing that I can't be a help to someone else in a very real and tangible and physical way. And I want to I want to be able to balance that reasonably and have some discernment that God, I, I'm sure, will provide as we go forward. So this one's a little bit more maybe of a, a, a fun question. Um, let's say that, that one of our congregation members, someone out there watching this says, you know, I've, I've got some extra time on my hands. I'm not able to go to work. I find myself quarantined at home. Um, and I really want to invest spiritually. I want, I, this is an opportunity for me to grow with this extra time. With that in mind, what is one book that you would recommend I read, or maybe a passage of scripture that you'd recommend that I commit to memorizing, and why? We'll start with you, Ron. Boy, that is such a tough question. All, <laughs> of, the, all of the books in the scripture have, have so much for us. You think about the Psalms, you think about even Proverbs and, and, and New Testament books. John, personally, when I think about that question that Pastor asked, I would go to Romans. No matter how many times I go to Romans and how many times I study it through as a book, I come away just blown away at all that's there. And it's new and fresh as, as well as all of God's Word. Every day it has something for us. And so... For me, if I had time to just sit down and really go into a book study, I would, I would go to Romans. Um, but the encouragement is, is that you do go to a book and you do study. Uh, now's a perfect time for that, some more in-depth study. Turn the TV off, put the puzzles away for a little bit, get God's Word out, and get your old Strong's Concordance out and go to work. Uh, dig a little bit. Romans 8, 38 and 39 specifically uh, remember these verses. They're such an encouragement all the time. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, that's good. Um, I know a lot of times uh, when I was younger, I was encouraged to just get in the Word daily. If you're not having a habit of getting into the Word, I mean, maybe this free time will force you to do that, and that would be a great thing. One of the things I was encouraged to read in high school was the book of Proverbs. There's 31 books, and there's typically that many days in a month, so, I mean, if this goes on a month, maybe you could start now and just read through one chapter a day, and that's, that's easy, baby steps, but we also have a read through the Bible in a year calendar, and I know that's online. I'm sure you could find one even through the college or however that looks, but I encourage you to, to stick to that if you've tried to challenge yourself to read through the Bible in a year. I mean, now's a good time to catch up where you've missed a day or read ahead if you can. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, just dig into that extra instead of just reading it. Take time to study what you've read for the day or for the week. Yeah. All right, so we got just a couple questions left as we come to question nine here. 
And I'd just like you guys to talk maybe a little bit about giving. So we recently set up online giving through Tithely. Um, so just say there's someone sitting at home right now and they would ask the question, what's the best way for me to continue to give during this time? Whether that's online uh, or, or maybe I'm not comfortable giving online. How can I continue to give? Well, you know, the mail system still works and um, that's the easiest way. I know for Stella and I, that's probably the way we will continue to give. Write your tithe check out, uh, make it out to Altoona Regular Baptist Church, put it in the mail, and we'll make sure that it gets where it's supposed to go. Um, so that being said, if you, if you did want to drop it off at the church, you know, I don't know how many people are going to be here, when they're going to be here. So if you do that and you put it in the post office box, you want to make sure that it's in a sealed, stamped envelope before you put it in the post office box. That's the only way we can do that correctly. So um, those would be the two uh, old school ways to get it done. Yeah, and I've, we have Giving Online set up. I personally haven't been on there, but I know Pastor said that he tried it out and it, it does track what you've given on there and it's fairly straightforward. Um, if you're unable to send a letter or write a check, then that's an option for you or maybe that's easier. Uh, I think personally I'll probably write a check as well and mail it in. But yeah. The online giving, I, as Caleb was say, saying, I, I did it the other day. It works fine. Uh, you can download the Tithely app. Um, I emailed you a video where a friend of mine walks his church through how to do that. And it kind of is a guide uh, if you're interested in doing that. Um, Joe Terman, one of our college students, has, has done a lot of work with our website. He actually put a button on our website where if you go to our website now, there's a little tab that says Give. And you can click on that. And, and you can use the online giving through that as well. That might be a little bit easier for you if you choose to do that than, than um, downloading the app. I have, I have one, one thought that I would like to add with online giving. I think it's a good thing. And again, I praise the Lord for, for technology, for the ability to do that. But just one word of caution as you think through giving online. There's, there's options to, to have it as a recurring payment. And again, I don't think that that is necessarily a bad thing. But let's guard against not thinking about our giving. Because giving is an act of worship. And, and that's one of my fears as, of going to online giving. Has been taking away an opportunity from us as a church to worship God mindfully in our giving. So even as you set that up, as you think through that... I would encourage you to, to think through it biblically and, and to be mindful, even if you choose to give online, be purposeful about it. Amen. Think through it uh, and, and worship God in your giving because He has blessed us mightily. So we got one more question here and then we'll, we'll pray and, and be dismissed. So question 10 is this. Can you share a testimony of God's grace in the past year? What, what has, has God taught you? What has God done? Something where you have just just marvel at God's grace in the past year. We'll start with you, Ron. Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind, the most obvious thing that comes to mind is still salvation. God is still saving souls. I had children, uh, or not children, but I had grandchildren this year trust Christ, and I had another grandchild this year got baptized. Um, God's still at work, and uh, it's not like this caught him off guard, and so God's grace is still abundant, it, it fits every situation, it fits every need, 
And for me personally, I see him still working in the lives of the Harris families and, and uh, the Sailors family, and uh, I just praise his name for his grace. Yeah, I just, it's a really practical uh, example of it. I'm just thankful for daily needs being met for not only myself, but my family and friends, and just more than we need even. And it's it's been neat to see that, but it's been encouraging and challenging to to manage that, I guess. I mean, not not take it all in for yourself, but it's just been, uh, I guess challenging would be a good word. It's been challenging to take what we've been blessed with abundantly and share it with other people. Amen. And I, yeah. mean, I hope that the grace can flow through me and to mm -hmm. others. It's yeah. Just, you sit down and think about what all, what you need, and even times like this would make you think about that. Like, what do you actually need? And so many things we have that are taken for granted that we don't need or that we have, and it's like, wow, how much stuff we actually have. And yeah. It's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. That's grace is amazing. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, um, as many of you know, a little over a year ago, my grandmother passed away. Uh, and then just a few months ago, weeks ago, not even months, just a few weeks ago, uh, at the beginning of, of February, end of February, it wasn't that long ago, my grandfather got remarried. And uh, as the family gathered there for the wedding, I just couldn't help but praise the Lord for the family that he gave me, for the grace and uh, in, in, in a godly heritage. Mm -hmm. And, and grandparents who pointed me to the Lord, both, both on my mom's side and my dad's side, on, on parents who, who discipled me and, and encouraged me in the Lord. Um, what, what a blessing that is. What an encouragement that is. And I would encourage you parents, in this time, do not, do not neglect gathering together as a family around the Word of God. Amen. It may seem frustrating at times, but the Word of God is taking root. The Word of God is working. And, and your kids will be thankful for it. And they will look back one day and they will praise the Lord for parents who love them enough to point them to the Word of God. And so that, that is definitely a sign of God's grace in my life. Uh, and I would encourage you in that. We're going to close with a word of prayer here in just a second. Um, I hope this has been an encouragement to you. It's been an encouragement to me just to sit here and to talk um, with these men. Um, hopefully, Lord willing, next week we'll have another interview ready to go for you. Um, and, and I hope that these will be encouraging for you. I hope that they will kind of bring you together as a church body. They'll, they'll kind of give you still a, a connection, a, a feeling of, um, of unity uh, of the body as you see other members uh, coming here and, and discussing what God has done in their life. Uh, and if you have any questions, if you have any comments, I would encourage you to reach out to your deacons, reach out to me. Um, again, we've got this, this table out here in the lobby of food and supplies. If you need something, let us know and, and we will get that to you. Let's close with a word of prayer. Ron, would you mind closing us in prayer? Lord, we're so thankful, God, that you are our Heavenly Father, that you have saw fit to, even in this situation, uh, show us more and more who you are and who we are, truly a needy people needing a, a Savior day by day. And uh, our prayer is, my prayer specifically, God, is is that in this time of uncertainty and in this time of, of trouble and, and in this time of, of uh, 
not knowing that folks would be turned to Christ, that your Holy Spirit would really work in a way that uh, would show people the, the brevity of life and show people their need for a Savior and show people that there is an eternity out there that awaits them after this life and they need to choose uh, where they're going to spend that eternity, God. I just pray that we would be faithful, that we as a congregation would be looking for opportunities in this uh, in this crisis situation to share Jesus with other folks. Help us, God, to, to be all that you've called us to be. Help us to be mindful of others and, and get our minds off of ourselves. Uh, help us, God, to just um, reflect those Christian principles in such a way that others would, would desire that. And then we'd have opportunity to talk freely about who Christ is and what he's done in our lives and what he can do for them. And we'll be careful, God, to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.